From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about what happens in your marriage dynamic when you start to work on yourself and your spouse starts wondering what is going on with you. And we start today's show with this quote from Viktor Frankl, uh, who's a psychiatrist and he was a Holocaust survivor. And he says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that's what we're going to be digging into today about changing ourselves and the impact that that has on the marriage relationship when you start to turn inward uh, to create change. But before we get to today's show, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage's Trust Me Workshop. You have asked for it. And so here it is. So many of you have told us in your emails and your voicemails and, and comments on posts, you want to talk about trust. You want to know how to change and improve the trust in your marriage. And so we heard you. I want you to mark your calendars for May 6th when Tony and I will be hosting the Trust Me, Restore, Renew, and Rebuild Your Foundation workshop. We're going to be covering all aspects of the trust process from how trust is broken to what you both need to do to rebuild the trust in your marriage and more. All workshop attendees are going to receive the workshop and these three amazing bonuses. The Contract of Reconciliation, which you've heard us talk about on this show, 10 Inspirational and Motivational Printables, Six Reasons Why Trust is Broken Checklist, and then on top of that, the 60-Minute Workshop. All of this for only $19. You want to sign up today at TrustMeAgain.com. This is going to be something that you're not going to want to miss. And this is online. So no matter where you are around the world, you can join us for this. And if you can't be live, that's totally cool because we're recording everything and we will have it in your membership area for you to view and listen to the following day. So like Lisa said, go over there to trustmeagain.com, learn about all the details for this. And um, we're excited to have you joining us there. Get signed up. You've been asking for it. Mm -hmm. There's no excuses. No excuses. So this hug actually uh, was a comment left on last week's show, episode 267, Be Prepared. That was when we talked about the emergency list of just contact information and whatnot that you need to have handy for you. Did you guys get it? Number one, a lot of you, I, I, I saw some folks sharing this and, and posting it out there. So hopefully you grabbed it. And if you haven't, go back to episode 267, get it, fill it out. Elise and I have ours right here. You know, we're podcasting it. It's to my left, her right. It's sitting on a table and we've been working through it ourselves. So, you know, don't make an excuse for why this can't be done. Just go over there, print it. It's free. And for those of you that are wondering, it's in the show notes yeah. for episode 267. Just go do the search engine on the page, type in 267. It'll come up. It's there for you. Mm -hmm. So just like the Trust Me Workshop, here's the PDF for your emergency list. Guys, get your ducks in a row. That's all I can say because here's the hug that came off of that show. This listener said, thank you. I just found your podcast last week and just printed this document. My mother-in-law died suddenly last December and we are still dealing with her estate with no will. 
This document will help us build some peace of mind into our fractured family. Thank you again. And I look forward to listening to all your podcasts. Well, first off, thank you for finding us. It's awesome to have you part of the one family. Sorry about the death of your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And um, and hopefully, yeah, like you said, this will, this will you know, build the fractured family and pull you guys together. And even for your own family, as you know, you look at this and down the road. And that's, that's the kind of content and resources that we want to bring to you guys. We want to take what's going on in your lives and take it to the one community, because we know that if one of you is dealing with this, thousands of you are dealing with this. And so that's why we do what we do each and every week. And the, the topic this week actually came as a result of an email from a listener. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a relatively new listener. He did share with us that he is has downloaded all and listened to all of the podcasts. He has officially caught up. Um, so 267 uh, episodes that he has listened to. And he said, at the end of his email, he said, you know, the one thing that I've noticed is that as soon as you work towards bettering yourself, and then you put in parentheses, because that's the only person you can change, sometimes your spouse thinks something is up, mainly because the things that normally would set you off don't anymore and they find it weird and he closed it with just an insight and you know I was reading his emails that came in last week and I got to thinking about that because you know I've been coaching um, couples and individuals in the one family now for two three years Mm -hmm. and his observation here is spot on yeah right when things start to change in your marriage dynamic when thing you know when you aren't being all naggy or complaining or you know just griping all the time when you start to say you know what what am i going to do what's going to be my perspective on this and you start to go okay you know what I- i'm going to work on me well here's another one when in this is in the sexual intimacy realm is you you've never initiated or you you've initiated very infrequently and now all of a sudden you are initiating Maybe you came over to the side and you, you saw our 21 ways to initiate sex and you're going, hey, I want to start trying this. And so your spouse is going, what, what's, going on what's going on? Like you've never initiated before or you rarely do. Uh-huh. So what's up? That actually reminds me of a couple that we had participate the very, very first time that we did the seven days of sex challenge. And I just want to share their story. I mean, this has been, gosh, five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the wife had been dealing with postpartum mm-hmm. and had been looking, just feeling really distant from her husband, right? And there was this widening gap because of her postpartum depression. And she kept, literally, she shared with us, she was like, I was praying for answers, mm-hmm. right? And I came across the seven days of sex challenge and she's like, I, I just had a little conversation with God saying, you know what? This is not the answer to what I'm looking for. And she, you know, shut down the page and goes on and, you know, whatever, not paying attention to those guys doing that crazy sex challenge. And so, you know, still praying, comes back to the page and says, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to tell my husband. Right. Right. So here is this woman who's like, hasn't had sex with her husband. And I don't even know how long it had been. I can't remember. Long time. It was, it was a while though. It was a long time. She is just feeling this widening gap. She decides to take on the seven days of sex challenge and not tell her husband. And he actually wrote us a letter at the end of it when they'd gone through the seven days thanking him for being this resource for his wife to tap into because he got her back. Thanking us yeah. for being a resource. For, he thanked us for being a resource. Yeah. And I mean, how crazy must it have been in that household when yeah. she starts initiating 
because she's got in her head that she's going to do the seven days of sex challenge. Do you think he was a little weirded out? Probably. Oh, most definitely. Like, what? what's going on? You haven't even wanted me in the same room. And now you're like, you know, making the moves on me. And that's what we're talking about here. When, when couples decide or when one of you decides, you know what? I'm just not going to complain about that anymore. Right? I'm not going to nag them for the 500th time about picking up their clothes or about taking out the garbage cans or about how much time they're spending on social media. Heard an interesting statistic at church today that the average American spends somewhere between 24 and 35 hours a week plugged in. TV. TV, social media, computer. And I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about your work time. I'm talking about your like away from work Work time. time. Kind of a scary number. And maybe that's been an issue in your marriage and you finally say, you know what? I'm not fighting this battle anymore. I am going to continue to grow myself. I'm going to continue to do the things that feed my soul. If he or she wants to stay plugged in, you know what? Stay plugged in. But I'm going to continue to grow because I will tell you from personal experience, when you're that plugged into social media, you don't grow. You know, when you're doing all this kind of other TV, video game type stuff, things are getting stagnant in your life. It's just a, it's just a pure function of having something else just pour into you and not, um, not have it be an interactive experience. And so, you know, when you get to this point where you realize the only person in the marriage that you can change is you, there are some really interesting things that happen and we've experienced them ourselves. The first one is you're liberated, right? Because I don't have to spend any more time trying to fix or change my spouse. Because those of you that have spent a significant portion of your marriage or your relationship, you know, because we know that some of you are dating and engaged, trying to fix or change that other person, it's exhausting. I mean, Tony has shared numerous times on the show that I am not the neat spouse. He tends to refer to it as I'm the piler. And early in our marriage, I will tell you, Tony spent significant amounts of time trying to change that aspect of who I am. Yes. Lots of Significant amounts of time. And and I guess it comes down to also, I I learned over time was, you know what? Um, For me, and this is just me. I mean, I could just continue to try and make it the best way possible or just ride with it and roll. I mean, they're just, I, I think we've, we've talked on this before. It's like, you know, choose your battles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about that in he zigs, she zags when we when we discuss communication. And you know, sometimes you just got to choose your battles, and that's just one area where I can't remember when it was. It's it's been over the course of this show that I just realized that this is one battle I just don't want to fight anymore. It's just it's not good for me. It's not good for Elisa, and it's not good for our family. And that's what you know, some of this liberation comes down to is the fact, you know, how many of you are fighting battles simply because you can't, right? Like it's there. You know, for those of you that have children, it's a little more obvious because, you know, doing the battles with kids, um, you know, it's just a different relationship. It's more of a power play with them. But the same thing happens with your spouse. You know, if, if your husband or wife always comes home 10 minutes late, they're probably going to come home 10 minutes late tomorrow. Like, and and they may not call first, right? So you've got to figure out some of these things are not being disrespectful. Some of these things are just the way people are wired. 
And the things that are disrespectful, you've got to figure out how you're going to deal with that, right? Because when, when you make the choice, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna release this. And it was interesting because I put up a post on Instagram on Sunday and the post said, I choose to forgive, right? And, and as I was going through this definition of forgiveness that I put up in the post, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, you can find us at One Extraordinary Marriage over there and you know it's daily inspirational quotes and pictures and whatnot but part of the definition that i found was about releasing the negative emotions right because that's what happens when when you guys are in this marriage dance a lot of times there's a lot of negativity wrapped up in your roles right you know he does this she does that somebody gets upset and then it escalates and everybody's upset and then we're just grumbling at each other or holding grudges or we're doing all this kind of stuff. When you say, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the person that I see in the mirror, the one that looks exactly like me, and that's the one I'm going to work on changing. And you just release your, your spouse and say, you know what? You're a grown-up, right? You have responsibility for yourself. I was talking to a woman last week, and you know, we were talking about their roles in the marriage, and she was telling me all the stuff she does for her husband. And I actually paused the conversation. I said, he, he is an adult, right? And she said, yeah, why do you ask? I said, because you do a lot for him. You do a lot so that he doesn't ever have any natural consequences to being responsible to himself. I said, what would happen if you stopped? Or if you didn't do everything? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Okay, something to consider. You know, we can, and we, I remember we did a show, gosh, probably a couple of years ago now where we, we talked about doing too much mm-hmm. for your spouses to the point where like they don't have to do anything and they kind of check out, you know, because they're doing, they're not doing, they're not participating in the relationship so they can just check out. But, you know, could you use a little less nagging, complaining or arguing in your marriage? Because a lot of the things that you're fixated on come out that way right why don't you why can't you i wish you would how many times have i asked you to i mean does any of that sound familiar it used to in our marriage we've been there and a lot of these things that we're talking about in today's show they apply to the whole dynamic of interpersonal relationships right and when you stop doing that you know, that nagging on your spouse per se, you know, or like I brought up right at the beginning of the show with the initiating, you know, you have a spouse who starts wondering what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, what what's, what's happening? And for some of you, you've shared what you're doing. You know, you, you've gone and you've said, hey, you know what? There's some rift in our marriage right now. Mm-hmm. There is a wedge in between us. And so I'm seeking what I can find to better understand our marriage and what I can do personally to make those changes so we can have the extraordinary marriage we desire. Some of you told your spouse this in your own terms, obviously. Others of you, like Elisa brought up with the example with the seven days of sex challenge, are just going after it. So your spouse may be going, whoa, time out here. Like they have some trust issues going on right now. Like, why are you being so nice? Why are you doing everything around the house? Why are you not asking me to clean up? 
You know, these are things that they may be thinking or they may be asking you right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, so so there's some skepticism and some concern on their side mm-hmm. because your behavior is so dramatically different that they're asking, you know, why are you acting like this? The same question that you've been giving them all the time when they've been, you know, when the behavior hasn't been appropriate for the marriage and you're like, why are you doing this? Now, when you decide, you know what, I'm just going to focus on myself and what I can do, that table gets turned and they're like, why, why, why are you doing this? Right. And so it, it can cause them to be very concerned. It can cause them to be um, angry and hostile because anytime there's a major emotional behavioral change in your marriage, it creates reaction, right? And when people break out of their routine, it can be very unsettling. Because like I said a a little while ago, you know, I used the phrase the marriage dance. And no matter whether you've been married for six months or, you know, 50 years, you have a dance. People know what to expect. They know, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back, you know, to the left, to the right. This is what we do. And how that plays out is how the two of you talk to each other and the things that are issues in your marriage and the things that you complain about and the things that you're silent about. And when you make a choice to start doing the dance differently, I mean, it's, you know, our son did an etiquette class and part of it was dance and and I remember being at one of the classes and watching him dance with a girl. And, and I felt very sorry for the girl because I know he had to have stepped on her toes a few times. And he's not a small kid. So that is just kind of a painful experience. Um, I know because he stepped on my toes. And, and that's what happens when that dance starts to shift. When you stop complaining, when you when you start doing things differently. And all of a sudden you're like now bumping into each other going, well, that, that feels a little awkward. It's change. It's change. And a prime example is Elisa and I've been talking about, hey, you know what? We've been wanting to check out, you know, a new church, a different church here locally in San Diego. And man, that was probably two, three months ago. And finally, we made that happen on Sunday. And I can still remember and feel that sort of apprehension of going somewhere new. Here's, you know, it's change and your heart sort of races a little bit and, and, you know, hands getting sweaty, whatever happens for you. And yet there's that change. There's this reaction that happens. And for some, you know, it's very minor. Like mine wasn't anything crazy. It's like, okay, I got to just figure out the parking. You, You know, it's, it's different than what I've been used to for so many years. And that happens in your marriage as well. When you begin to make those little shifts and those little changes, your spouse is going to be impacted as well. So just take that into account. Realize that, that that's happening and, and put yourself in, that, in their shoes and even in your own shoes of what it feels like when change happens, when you are going out of your way to make something happen. And, and again, they see you for who you've been for so many years. Right. You know, they see you for who you've been for so many years. So we want them to think, man, I'm a changed person. I I turned the new leaf and this is my new self. And they don't see that. And in my men's group, we were going over Galatians. And so we're going over the first chapter of Galatians. and, And in there, it's Paul talking 
to the church there. And at the end, it, it, it's, um, and they knew, um, all they knew, this is verse 23, is that all they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. Can you imagine the people, the Christians there going, wait, this is Paul. This is the guy who was killing our brothers and sisters. And now he's preaching the faith. Right. So the question there is, why is he acting like this? Right. What kind of transformation did he go through that, you know, the one who persecuted us is now, you know, building the church, is now supportive, is now loving on us. And that very much mirrors what's happening in a lot of your marriages when there's been challenges, when there's been all of these types of things where, you know, there's been a lot of open hostility and you get to a place where you can choose to forgive, where you're choosing to take a different path. I mean, I'm standing here in our office as we record this and I can see the book by uh, John Miller, QBQ, the question behind the question. And if you haven't read that book, you need to, you need to pick it up. Can we put a link in the show notes? Show notes? Yep. Can we do that? Um, because the question behind the question is, what can I do? I mean, he does a much better job of it. That's like the five line or five word synopsis. But it comes down to, we got to be inward focused. Okay. We've got to look at ourselves instead of, you know, and you, know, I see this with kids. Um, because you know, kids are so quick to put blame on everybody else. And then we grow up and we do the same thing as adults, but it's much easier to see in a child. And you know, it all starts with that personal accountability. So when you see these situations taking place in your marriage, what can you do? What can I change? And I need to only focus on what I can change. I can't focus on everything that Tony needs to be doing. I mean, that'd be fabulous if I just had a magic wand and could like, you know, sprinkle it over Tony while he's sleeping and poof, you know, perfect husband. You know, never leaves the toilet seat up at night when he goes to the bathroom so that I have to fall, you know, that I could potentially fall in, you know, always leaves my car with a full tank of gas, you know, all these types of things. Never complains about my piles, you know, poof, it doesn't happen. You know, I tell coaching clients all the time, there is no magic wand. So focus on what you can change. Because just like this listener said in that initial email, you can only change yourself. You know, so that's the first thing you've got to do. The second thing is you've got to stay. This is not a, when you see your spouse being in this place where things are starting to change, when you're having that question of why are you acting like this, right? For you that's making the choice to change, you've got to focus on your positive affirmations. You've got to focus on those positive messages that you are feeding yourself because it's not going to be a quick and easy road. It's a, it goes back to those habits, those right. bad habits, and it's changing those habits. And when I say bad, ineffective, ineffective, right? You know, it takes time to overcome those. And there's numerous studies on it. You can look it up. How many days? What have you? But the thing is, is that you have these ineffective habits. So if you only go for a week, the likelihood of you sticking is not going to happen. It, it just isn't. It takes more time than that. And again, you know, you're, you're in an environment where you have a spouse who may be going, I don't see why you're doing this. 
I don't get it. And so that's where Lisa says, you know, those, that positive affirmation that you can give yourself that mantra like mine, you know, I'm wise, wealthy, and live abundantly in God's glory. That is mine. No matter where I am, that is one I can remember. And I hold on to, you know, sometimes it's many times a day. Sometimes it's once a day. Sometimes I'll forget about it, but that's mine. Yeah. And ultimately you've got to focus on what your end goal is. You know, you, it's very easy to get caught up in, in the little like, oh, this isn't going so well. I'm just going to throw in the towel. You know, this, you know, I'm trying to be positive and it's not working. And Alisa, this is too hard. Yeah, it is hard. Okay. I, I'm like, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you guys. You know, for those of you that have been listening for any length of time, you know that we don't sugarcoat anything on this show. It's not why you come here. You come here for the truth. And, you know, when you're focused on the end goal, when you want your marriage to be extraordinary, there are a lot of choices that you make differently because that is the end goal. Mm -hmm. Right? If you just wanted to be happy today, well, you know what? Then let's enjoy the pettiness because sometimes it's kind of fun to get into an argument. It's kind of fun to push everybody's buttons. But when the end game is having a healthy, happy relationship, one that endures, guess what? I don't want to be in argument with Tony. I don't want to be picking fights with him. I mean, we get into disagreements. We still do. Cause guess what? I'm human. I make mistakes. I get irritated. I get petty. Same here. Okay. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to call you out, but if you want to, <laughs> if you want to volunteer, I will take that. But you know, I mean, here's, here's a perfect example. I've got coaching clients and you know, the husband's had some issues with anger and you know, they've had some serious trust issues in their relationship. And, I was coaching with them, gosh, a couple of weeks ago now, and he just seemed different to me. And I said, I asked him, I said, what's going on with you? You know, you're just, you seem a little mellower. You're just not as uptight. You know, what's going on? He's like, he goes, I realized I just need to focus on the end game. And I said, okay, what's the end game? And uh, for him, because when things got really bad between the two of them, he wasn't even sleeping in the same room, right? So mm -hmm. it, was, it was one of those couch situations, which some mm -hmm. of you are familiar with bad things happen. One of you goes to the couch. And so he said, Alisa, my end game is that every night I'm in my bedroom a and I put myself in a position so that she doesn't even consider that I would not sleep there. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, tell me how that impacts the anger and, and those choices you make during the day. And he said, some of the things that I was getting upset about, not even worth it. Because why would I do something that would jeopardize my end goal? And I said, really? And I looked at his wife. I'm like, how's that going for you? And she's like, it's really nice. It's really nice. But it was weird for her when he first started doing that because she's like, why is he not getting upset about the things he used to get upset about? What's going on here? And when she heard what his goal was, it all made sense. So some of you, some of you might actually have to share your goals. If your spouse is just like, I don't know what you're doing and it's really kind of freaking me out tell them it's not like you know a state secret here right mm -hmm. and here's the thing if your spouse knows why you are trying to make change they might just come alongside of you and say hey that's a pretty cool goal let's get on board with that together right because here's the thing at the end of the day the two of you are in this thing called marriage together it's not his marriage and her marriage it's your marriage so when you've got the question, why are you acting like this? Whichever one of you is asking it, 
or curious, ask it. And whichever one being asked, answer the question. Why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you loving me? Why are you forgiving me? Why are you acting weird? Why are you acting weird? Be truthful. Take off those masks and let them know what you desire. What type of relationship you want to have. When things get to this point where this question comes up, it's because the masks have been on for too long. It's really hard to have an extraordinary marriage when the masks have been on in place for a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, this is one of those that it, 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 it's almost twofold. It's like, hey, chicken before chicken and the egg scenario, which one's going to happen? And in all honesty, you got to get started somewhere. If you got to lose 50 pounds, you cannot keep pointing the finger at your spouse and saying, hey, you know what? You need to, you know, eat better and you need to exercise so I can lose 50 pounds. That isn't, it's just craziness, right? I mean, you wouldn't do that. So why would you do that in your marriage? If it's you that needs to start changing, you need to do it. You can't point the finger at your spouse and ask them to make the change that you need to make. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. And yet there are resources here at One Extraordinary Marriage. We gave you the QBQ book. Pick that up because that makes you think and ask questions that you probably haven't thought of asking before. So you can pick that up at uh, oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash QBQ. We love you guys. Have yourselves a fantastic week. If you want to send in your hug, send it into info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Leave it up on Facebook, Instagram, comments, wherever we find them, we're going to put them up here. We love you guys. Have an awesome week.